still gonna smell like what they've been through. This chair is still gonna cuss at the table. This chair, see some of y'all religious people are offended right now. This chair was meant to have people who do not know how to eat at the table. See, if I sit at your table and you have this little dish right here, one thing that I've understood and that I've learned is that people who have never been at a table like this don't know how to act when it's time to go to eat. So if I came in here to your table, to your church, and because I was so hungry that I did not know what I was supposed to do and I see food and I'm not sure what to do, please don't think it's strange if I put my hand in it. And somebody said, oh no! They just ruined the whole meal for people who have never been this desperate before. See, when I'm hungry and I haven't eaten and I've been going to everything else and I don't know where my next meal is coming from. Excuse me, y'all. Excuse me. And I was molested when I was a child and nobody's ever let me Nobody's ever let me sit at the table and feel comfortable before. And every time I've come to anybody's table, they wanted me to pay before I ate. What I'm telling you is Transformation Church. I don't care how people eat when they come to our table. Because when they're in chair one, we expect it. When you come broken, when you come hurting, when you come lost, when you come when you come um, trying to just keep yourself from killing yourself and then people want to judge you for the way that you get this word, they want to tell you that you can't sit at the table, you can't dress like that, you can't act like that, you can't smell like that, baby, you don't know what I've been through. It's the grace of God that I'm just sitting at the table. And if we as a church don't say, do you need some more? Is there any more? Matter of fact, you don't have to, you can have the whole bowl. You can stand here, we got more in the back. We, we drink from a well that doesn't want dry. We remember where we used to be. Until the church starts inviting people to chair one that we know aren't going to act right. Y'all know we all got that cousin that don't never act right. Who, I don't know what his name is for you, but we, I got one. I ain't going to call him out because he might be watching. But we all got a cousin that don't act right. Do you stop inviting him? Do, do you stop praying for him? And the sad truth is many of us have, and that's why. There are people that are far from God, but close to you, and they still can't eat. They're far from God, they're close to you, and you still won't invite them to the table. And so that's why when God looks down at churches, at the organization, and he says, man, I sent my servants, my ministers, I made them to be born into that family for such a time as this. I put them at that job. I, I did that all so that they could tell them and show them and, and, and be an example to them. Oh, but I forgot, they want every weekend to have a unbothered, unmessy meal. So they would rather have full plates, <laughs> empty tables, and be a silent servant. That's not the church we're going to be. Everybody wants to reach people until we start having to reach people. Oh, hold on, you mean I got to invite him? Oh, hold on, you mean I got to give him a ride? <laughs> you, 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 hold on, you mean I got to serve him? Church, Jesus tells us 
that he came not to be served, but to serve. What makes you think that if we're going to be like him, we get out of his chief job description? Servant. And that's why for all of us in this room, we have to get people to this table. To what John 635 says, the bread of life. Jesus literally says, I'm the bread of life. Why wouldn't we bring people who are starving for something real to the place where they can get healed, whole, delivered, set free, and then go back out to transform somebody else's life? Luke chapter 14, verse 17. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants, his ministers, me and you, to tell all the guests, come, the banquet is ready. Are you telling the guests? Are you, are you going to text somebody this week? Are you going to answer the great commission? Now, let's take it back just for one second. That word commission, it seems like a big word. But look what the definition of commission actually means. It means an instruction, a command, or a duty given to a person or a group of people. So it's not deep. So like if we were at a barbecue and I got a big family, five brothers, all kinds of cousins, all that other stuff. Usually what happens when somebody's cooking and, and it's not ready fully yet, then then everybody's like playing dominoes and people are playing basketball and some people are doing some other stuff and watching the game. And usually the person who's in charge of, of the food grabs a little kid and brings him over and says, hey, go tell everybody it's time to eat. And that little kid, maybe seven years old, doesn't even know how to read a full book yet, goes around and says, yo, it's time to eat. It's time to eat. They can interrupt anything. They can walk into any situation, not because of their merit, because they've been commissioned. They were commissioned by somebody who had authority that told them to share the good news that the table is set and the food is ready and they didn't have to worry about pottying on themselves because you'll still make messes when you're immature. They didn't have to worry. I feel the presence of God right now. They didn't have to worry about who they got in a fight with they had been commissioned and people that were more mature than them listened to them because of the good news they had to say what I'm encouraging you is everything in you that would make you feel disqualified like you you're not enough that you've done too much when God gives you a great commission not just a regular commission but a great commission it's not about the deliverer of the news it's about the deliverer the one who wants to give you the food I'm asking you, will you please just go? Tell people, tell them the food is ready, that the table is set, that they have a seat with their name on it. There is nothing like walking up to a table and seeing a card that has your name on it. And that's what personal invitation does. And that's what Matthew 28, 19 says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? All ministers. Somebody say, that's me. Come on, that's me. All ministers must go to whoever and invite them to the table. That's all I'm trying to say. That's why I'm so passionate up here. Because if it wasn't some, for somebody in my life inviting me to the table, yeah, I had parents that loved God. and Yeah, I... I grew up in church, but I hadn't given my life to God. And some of y'all think pastors end up just born in the fourth chair. No, baby. It wasn't just until just recently in, in, in the past decade that I really started maturing. But for years of my life, 
I claimed Christian. And I still sat in this chair. I claimed believer. Hallelujah. Corona. Nothing. Faith over fear. But I was still sitting in this chair. It wasn't until somebody really came and shared with me. Hey, you know you don't have to live like that, right? You know that God's really, really, really purchased all the crap you're dealing with. He took it. Your healing took stripes for your healing. Shame and condemnation. He, he dealt with that grief. He got that too. Give your life to him. And when I gave my life to him, I transitioned to this chair. This is the thing I want everybody to know. This chair is not better than this chair. This chair is not closer to God than this chair. This chair doesn't mean that you're all better than everybody else. All this chair means is you're not in control no more. And every time you go to another chair, you realize how much you don't know and how much God is in control. See, when you go from this chair to being a fresh believer, you move to this chair to being a maturing minister this is when you know if it wasn't for the grace of God <laughs> this is when you know child if you catch me on the wrong day I might still cuss you out but if it was not for the grace come on y'all let's be real this chair knows that it's only God and when you get to this chair I'm gonna tell you a secret is that when you sit in this chair my only job is to occupy this chair until the host comes in the room. I only sit here keeping things going until God steps in the room. And when God steps in the room, I give him the chair. And I'm sitting here at your service. What do you want me to say? Who do you want us to give to? Because the goal is not that people would fall in love with who's in this chair. Unless it is the king of kings and the Lord of lords and the one who paid the price for the meal to be made. And why I preached this series, who's the minister here? Is because my job is that as more people come into this room, that whoever's sitting in the maturing minister chair, they would follow my lead. That when God gets up and sits down in the room, that we get up and we start serving. And there's more people that need chairs, so the maturing ministers get up and we don't say, who's going to serve me? Where's my plate? We're up trying to get to serving. And we can convince people, they're saying, hold on, there's so many people, and I've been able to sit here, and I'm a fresh believer, but I want to mature. And we start turning all of these chairs into places of service. To where we can stand behind and serve humanity, serve people in government, and let the God of the universe talk to every person that sits at this table. They don't need another word from a man. They need a touch from God. They don't need some inspiration. They need an encounter. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? It's time for you to go and get everybody. Verse 21 says, well, who do you want me to get? It says, go and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Let me tell you something. You have to invite the poor, people who can't meet any of your needs. You have to invite the crippled, ones that we're going to have to serve. You're going to have to invite the blind, ones who don't see the way you see, and the lame. 
people who are going to need continual help. That's who we, the church, the ministers, are called to go invite. And that's why Romans 10, 14, write this down, underline it, highlight it, tattoo it on your chest. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? We got the cure for something that humanity is dying for. Will you tell them? What are you saying, Pastor Mike? My last point. If I don't go, they won't know. You need to think about that every person you, you, you scroll past and be like, oh, that's sad that they're going through that. DM them. Call them. Text your cousins. Text your family members. Because if I don't go, well, somebody else will do it. There's somebody. There's somebody's church service they'll go to. No, if I don't go, they won't know. Next week is Easter. And I'm believing for Transformation Church to see the greatest harvest of souls that we've ever seen in the history of this church. I'm literally, my faith, my crazy faith, I'm believing for tens of thousands of people to get saved next week. But do you know how dumb that would sound? For me to get up here in front of the thousands of people watching and say, there's tons of people gonna get saved next week. And we prepare the table. I make the food. I probably ain't gonna sleep all week just trying to make sure I'm saying the right thing for God's people. People who will come one time. The atmosphere will be ready. The worship's going to be crazy next week. Where are the people? Who's over the invites? I declare to you, as the ministers in our home, in our communities, on our jobs, that this was the last Sunday for this church where there would be somebody who needed to eat at this table today. And the reason they ate, because they didn't know. You can deny us once we give you the invitation. All good. At least you know there's food, there's healing, there's nourishment for you. But it will never be on us again that there would be full plates, empty tables, and silent servants. Today I want to pray for you. I want to pray that something would stir up on the inside of you that can never be shut down ever again. We're talking about eternity here, heaven and hell, eternities. And we have the ability to do something about it. Do you know how powerless Corona becomes when you know your eternity is secure? Y'all are missing the point. So many people are fearful from leaving this, but do you know what we get after this? That's why I don't care if, if this is going to take me out, let it come because that means I'm going to get my crown. I'm going to be with Jesus, but I can't imagine what it feels like to be living with no uncertainty of what tomorrow holds. You're trapped in fear. And today, won't be on our hands anymore. Lift your
your hands all over this place. Everybody that's listening to me, everybody that is watching on rebroadcast. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you've already ordained these people, Father God, to be your ministers. Father God, you've, you've commanded us to mature in your word. And now today, Father, you are commissioning, commissioning us to go, go into all the world, not just the earth, but the systems, governmental systems, educational systems, in our, in our technology systems, every system, God, and make disciples, Father God. The table is ready. The food is ready, Father God. And now we will invite the people to a great feast. Father, next week, we celebrate the greatest victory that has ever happened in human history. And God, I thank you that the tables will be so packed with the grace of God, the good news. And I thank you that there will not be one person left from the table who we could have invited. Father, when the servant came back after inviting everybody, the, the report was there's still more room. And today, Father God, I thank you that we would make the connection with that person. Invite them personally, Father. Text them. Call them, Father God. And invite them because there's still room. I declare that the spirit of, of invitation would raise up on the inside of us. We wouldn't be able to go to these places and not see your children and realize that they're your passion and you want a relationship with them. Father, thank you that next week will be a huge house party. That people from all different walks of life, atheists, Buddhists, everybody, Father God, lost, broken. They'll come into this place and they'll eat the best food they've ever eaten. And Father, we'll step back and allow you, the host, to have an encounter with them. We believe you, we thank you, and we trust you for it. In Jesus' name, we agree. Somebody say amen. Come on, clap your hands right there. Type amen in the comments. Now listen, 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 listen. I need you to have action behind this. Don't just say amen and then be like, all right, what's on Netflix? <laughs> like, I need you to do something. This week, I want to present to Transformation Church, Transformation Nation, what I'm calling the win is in the 10 challenge. The win is in 10 challenge, okay? And this is going to cause you to go do something. What I'm asking you to do is for 10 minutes every day, I want you to pray for those who are far from God. I, I, I want you to call them by name. There are people that you know that are far from God and don't leave nobody out. Oh, I know they're crazy. You don't know that they're one moment away from turning their entire life around. And matter of fact, last night while they were praying to not wake up, they said, God, if you're real, send somebody to tell me. Well, we're going to pray for them every day this week. We're going to pray for 10 minutes and we're resourcing you to do that on the Transformation Church app. You can go there and on our online, you can go there and it says this week at TC and you will see the um, header and there are actual prayers in scripture. You don't even have to, to like fake it. We will teach you how to pray for these people for 10 minutes every day and join us at noon online every day. We're going to be praying and every day during this week, we're going to pray for those who are lost. The second thing that I want you to do is I want you to give 10 personal invitations to the table this week. I want you to, if you can talk to somebody face to face, that's the best. Don't just DM them. Talk to them face to face. FaceTime somebody. You can't do that. Call them. Say, hey, I was thinking about you. Hey, I really, really want you to come to church with me. Yeah, yeah, come to church with me. Like, I I'm gonna send you the link. I want you to be a part of what this is doing. And I promise you, listen to me as your pastor, I promise you that I will not embarrass you. I may embarrass Natalie, but I will not embarrass you. I I'm going to honor their time. 
I'm going to speak a gospel message that tells them the good news. And I'm going to tell you, matter of fact, I'm telling you right now, I'm preaching a message called the middle. In this message, I'm, God has given me a revelation to what happens when we're in the middle and what happens when he gets in the middle. And I'm telling you, this word is already in me and nobody wants to miss it because it's going to give you hope and it's going to lead people to Jesus. I want you to invite 10 people. Let me say it like this, at least 10 people. Because some of y'all are going to hear the, the gravity of this message and you're going to invite everybody you see, everybody you know to this table. And the last thing that I want you to do is I want you to share a message to help prepare people's hearts. I want you to share it 10 times this week. I want you to go to Facebook and share a message. Go to YouTube, copy the link and share it. If you're a little more seasoned saints, ask your grandkids or your son or your daughter. They'll tell you how to do it. But I want you to share. This is the most time they're literally thinking about um, turning down the internet speed for everybody because of how many people are online now. And I'm just thinking how many people are watching things that are taking away from them, depleting them. What if we could give them something that would open their heart and be ready to receive Jesus? I'm making a suggestion. Last Easter's message I preached called Thirst Trap. I want you to send that message to at least 10 people. Share it with 10 people. And some of y'all going to do it 10 times every day because there's so many people that need God. Because we're making a decision as a church that we no longer will allow God to, to make a way for us and there be empty tables, full plates, and empty chairs. I said that all wrong. Forgive me. <laughs> oh, God. Y'all know what I'm saying. I'm done. I'm tired. I love y'all so much. Can we pray together, Father? I thank you for every person that is watching online. And I thank you for those who need to make a decision to go from chair one to chair two, God. They're far from you right now, but they need to be close to you. If that's you right now, just wherever you are, I want you to lift your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you. Come on. If that's you right there, I want you to lift your hand. In Transformation Church, I want us to pray this prayer together. Y'all know we're a church. We're a family. We don't pray alone. I want everybody who wants to make Jesus Christ their personal Lord and Savior and go from chair one, far from God, to fresh start in God. Pray this prayer. Say, God, thank you for sending Jesus just for me. Today, I give you control of my life. I believe you lived, you died, and you rose again just for me. Change me. Renew me. Transform me. I'm yours in Jesus' name. Amen.